Hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. This is Ayla Sky at Daughter of Creation. Thanks for being here today. We are on a wild RV spirit adventure around the country, and the theme of this season is rewilding ourselves, connecting with the raw innocence of the land, of ourselves, of our bodies, and allowing the purity of who we are to speak. It's a connection with the earth, with the divine feminine within, and this season is bound to be really exciting and open-hearting for all of us. <sighs> so, I couldn't think of a better way to kick this off than with my dear friend, Andrea Schafferdini. You will love what she has to say. Her presence, her settledness, her listening, her contentedness within herself is remarkable. And our conversation to me actually feels like a listening meditation. At the end, uh, in part two, I have a practice that she leads us through in order to connect with your own emotions and start to release them. What I loved, I went on Andrea's website before the interview and I saw her reviews and it was like, it was hundreds of five stars reviews. And I thought, yeah, this is who she is. This is a woman who walks the talk, is deep, intentional, has been working this work for, I don't know, 10 or 15 years now. I know that her presence itself is a transmission of this um, emotional clearing work, of connecting with your soul work, and I hope you enjoy it. She is a delight and a treasure, and I'm so grateful we got to sit down and have this conversation together. Welcome, everybody, to the podcast. This is Daughter of Creation. I'm tuning into you from the road in my RV in the Sierras of California. It's a beautiful landscape right by a river perched up here and just such a beautiful space to be holding uh, for this conversation with Andrea Schaffergini. Andrea is a incredible light in the world. She calls herself a Sherpa as well as a healer, a teacher, someone who goes before and kind of carries the light for people. And she does this in a specific way. The way I know her is as an incredible emotional healer, a person who knows the body and how we work with the trauma within to access our soul. And she's also an incredible yoga teacher in the Kundalini tradition and has lit the path for me in so many ways, especially during our time together. We lived in Cincinnati, Ohio together. She lives just outside of Cincinnati now where she has a healing practice and just bought a home. So our, our journeys have been so parallel, Andrea. Uh, it's such a, it's, it's, it's so fun to revisit what we've done together, but what I'm most excited for in this conversation is to really share some of this deep wisdom that you've shared with me over the years that we've learned together um, that found me in a time when I really needed, I'm getting a picture of stepping stones. I needed the next step. And what you unlocked for me and teaching me about the emotional body was uh, truly truly life-changing. Um, you taught me how to see what emotions actually are, how we hold them in our bodies, and help me work through a lot of mental illness, pain, suffering that was being held through 
past lives, many lifetimes. And those are some of the keys that I, it's my intention for us to touch on today of how people, we could light the path for them or create the next stepping stone for people who are ready to take the journey out of the mind and into the heart. I'm really excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for, for being here. Thank you. And thank you for naming all those different pieces um, because it's been an absolute breathtaking journey of connection and relationship and just being in existence around each other and with each other um, and community. It's the quote unquote everyday heroes that I'm, I'm highlighting here. I love highlighting people who are just doing the, the deep, deep work on an, in a very real way. And I, I think of you 100% in that way as providing so much service and value and love in your community where you are and then around the world as well. I was watching some videos on your website and you shared, and I had almost forgotten this story, but I, you had shared in your video how you came into emotional healing and it was so profound. I would love for you to kind of share your first steps on the journey into this world that may be very new to people or maybe not. So how did you get into this 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 world of yoga and healing um, <laughs> coming out of corporate America? <laughs> I just was, you know, living a life like many who um, was in a state of survival, trying to get it right. And getting it right for me and my narrative growing up was to get the right college education, um, get the right title, get the right job, look a certain way, and essentially perform my life mm. so that I could validate um, who I was to those I thought were judging me. And from that narrative I was holding, um, I was continuously digesting that in my body. And from my belief system and my understanding of my own body-mind relationship, I was creating a lot of illness inside of me. And I was, even at the age of 16, starting to suffer from lower intestinal pain and bleeding, and then esophagus pain and bleeding. And once I became around 20, 21, I started to have a constriction in my esophagus um, to the point where there were sometimes I couldn't swallow water. Mm. And of course, this scared me deeply. Um, because at that point I had an executive director position just coming out of college and dating, you know, the boyfriend who was older, but very successful and nothing seemed to be creating a sense of peace and peace and generous, like love for my life. It all felt like extreme striving and extreme panic but I don't think I could have named that at that time. I just knew that something was wrong with my body. Mm -hmm. So went to a couple doctors and got a diagnosis um, 
essentially saying that I would need to be on prednisone, which is a pretty intense steroid the rest of my life because I was having some type of allergy reaction to things in the air. I just thought this can't be true. Hmm. You know, this is after biopsies and um, pretty invasive diagnostics. So I called a friend and um, she enlightened me and said, go to a Kundalini yoga class. And I said, what is that? You know, and I happened to Google it and it was a class was right between my work and my home at that time. And I decided to go. I went to the first class and I went through the class and after the class, I had an extreme expression of anger. I just got really angry about something that happened in class. And anger wasn't an emotion I was normally um, expressing day to day or in my life. That was something I had silenced really deep inside of me. So I was determined to go back and find out why I got so angry. Mm -hmm. And that was the real unfolding of unlocking the emotional energies inside of my body um, to bring me back to a better state of wellness. Wow. So it, it all started with the yoga for you. In terms of understanding emotional and um, hidden emotions in the body, yes, for sure. Hmm. Mm. I Earlier in life, I had a interest in psychology. I would read psychology books. And uh, when my parents decided to get a divorce, I, um, you know, read how um, people communicate and the disharmonies that we can create through our communication style. So I was always curious about what was going on inside. Mm -hmm. Um, But until I got into my own soma, into my own body for the first time, probably my whole whole life, at least being aware of that. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that the emotional um, emotions could get so trapped and be talking uh, through physical illness. That's so interesting. One of my previous guests had her big awakening also in a yoga class and Mm. she went on to do other kinds of emotional healing, but I'm thinking what a great entry point that is through the body. You know, like mm-hmm. you're saying through the soma, what your work was for me when I first found you, I would say we had a session together. Someone recommended you. We had an s- emotional healing session together, and then I found yoga, which opened me. So it, for me, that's how it started. But mm-hmm. what brought me to me to that path was, in some ways, similar. Coming out of the Christian uh, tradition, I had done finished seminary and in seminary had experienced incredible debilitating anxiety. Mm. And I had reached for every single tool that was offered to me in that world, like every single tool, prayer, centering prayer, therapy, every kind of therapy you can imagine and nothing worked. Drugs, I, I was on lots of different kinds of medication, kept upping and upping and upping the doses and similar to you felt just like this can't be it. This can't be the solution. There's this, I'm just not this broken that 
I have to Mm -hmm. be on this level of medication and gaining weight and my libido dropping and having a glass of wine every night to manage my feelings. I mean, it just, it had a really devolved, um, and I, and, and so meeting you was one of the first steps I would say into sort of this yogic yoga in the sense of union of mind, body, soul, spirit, um, that Eastern path that like added this huge missing piece for me because I had studied mm-hmm. spirituality in, in the Western tradition. You know, I had studied it exhaustively <laughs> um, in every like, you know, every text and, and practice. And it wasn't until I found the, the Eastern like sense of things that did the healing actually begin. And where I'm at in my own life right now feels like actually integrating both, uh, mm. really, really bringing what I've learned now from the body mind connection through healing into, you know, some of the beautiful pieces that, of the Western tradition, such as community building and love and loving your neighbor and things like that. So that's just a little bit of my journey. But um, I just mentioned that because yoga is, can be such a powerful, powerful practice um, for getting people on their path. It seems like. And I just think you named something really, really important community building. You know, Mm -hmm. I find more and more as I get older that you can have these pieces and you can have these awarenesses and you can do the emotional work and you can do the psychology work and you can do the body work. But that community, the container in which we share the wisdom and we share the intelligence that come from the field that's created in community, I think we, we often still feel disconnected. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to highlight that you in my life really brought um, an awareness of what that feels like. You brought me into community in a way that I hadn't known before. So thank mm-hmm. you. Wow. Thank you for that reflection. It does feel like part of my my gift, my gift in the world, and it continues to change. But this, that's what this podcast actually is. My, you know, it's an expression of sharing in community and certainly um, physical in-person communities are, are very important, but just sharing, building yeah. that collective field is what it is, you know, yeah. um, building a, a, a collective field that is, is different than what we're being served up. If we don't examine it intentionally, we're being served up corporate America, commerce, <laughs> com- you know, all of those things. And we get to create these alternative narratives and these alternative stories to participate in. And that's what this is all about. And I know that you get that at a, at a really deep level. Well, that's what, yeah. Like, as I was sharing with you earlier, before we started recording, I get nervous, right? Mm-hmm. I get nervous to be in that wider collective. Cause I know that this is what daughters of, of creation is doing And I now, through this maturation of my own um, path, I just recognize the essentialness of being willing to show up for it and Mm. being willing to be connected Mm -hmm. in that way, despite all of my desires to stay more 
as a hermit (laughs) (laughs) or um, in my smaller narrative of life. Hmm. Well, thank you for showing up. So you have spent many, many, Mm. many, many hours and many, much time of your life being in meditation Mm-hmm. and teaching meditation and even your sessions are a form of meditation in a way mm-hmm. and you have been that sherpa um, for so many of us along the path I'm curious to hear what's the most alive for you in your work today like what what is the what are you seeing as you go into these deep spaces and you occupy these, these mysteries, you live them? What, what, what are you bringing back right now? What are you bringing back for people or what are you seeing? And at the moment, I'd love to hear what's most alive for you. Hmm. What I'm noticing right now in my life is how blessed I am to just simply be with people. You know, whether I'm doing a one-on-one with someone in my office or over the phone, or I'm doing something called Designing Your Life, which is um, a Stanford Mm -hmm. University model of transformation. So in these interactions I have, it's almost like a waking meditation for me. Mm. And what I'm noticing is how tenderness is such an important ingredient for aliveness. Mm. I just notice that there's so much tightness and so much getting it right. Mm. And the belief of if I make the right choice, then I can prohibit X, Y, and Z from happening in my life. Mm. It's moving out. It's, it's a fear. Yeah. And so I think just inviting people into a space of listening and a place of compassion and tenderness for the messiness that we all live in. <laughs> Uh and allowing order and structure to come into play Mm -hmm. not because we are making the right choices but because we have Mm -hmm. accepted um, that there is no right choice but there is an authentic voice and that authentic voice can lead you to something you love and when you love that experience or you love that path or you love that choice cool things are going to happen even in the midst of messiness Mm -hmm. that's what I feel like I'm noticing most and feel most excited to be a part of what you're what you're talking about here to me feels like the pattern that I've seen in my own life of control Mm-hmm. of really working out my like deep desire to control my life and my trajectory and then the learning though the on the what's what's been for me on the other side of control has been 
staying in my heart and staying in the aliveness of of the of the moment and just following that thread in in inspired by love inspired by what feels like spirit opening these next steps of the journey and as you know I'm I'm heading on this RV adventure and there were just so many pieces for me to uh, walls to break down around control to even step onto this path of being it feels very we're calling it a spirit adventure it feels very kind of spirit led but it is an adventure and that's what that's what is making it juicy and fun and bringing so many pieces of me to life. And I'm starting to see um, how control was, um, excuse me, I'm going to pause here. Andrea, my dog is. I just, I love when things like that happen, like the dog barks or, (laughs) you know, I was teaching, I'm teaching a mindfulness course at uh, university of Dayton and um, this knocking sound from the uh heater was oh. just like came on right in the middle of like a deep meditation with these mm-hmm. these students and we, <laughs> I was just like yeah yeah like we can't predict that mm-hmm. and um I my ego wants to say oh shit or oh darn you know like why did that have to happen like it messed it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, and, or the other part of me wants to give it meaning like, oh no, it was supposed to be, but what if it just is, mm-hmm. and we don't put the qualifications on whether it was good or, or bad. It just showed up in the field. Mm-hmm. And what if we just allow it to be there and give it almost a neutral response and welcome it into the meditation or don't. Mm-hmm. And if we want to laugh about it, laugh. And it was great because right after um, I finished the meditation, we had a guest teacher who was a uh, clinical psychologist or clinical counselor, and she was talking all about empathy and compassion. And um, how we can just get so easily distracted. And I can't remember the whole thing, but what she did is she made it okay. Mm -hmm. You know, she made it okay. Like we had a structure we set out to, you know, bring this meditation in. Something else occurred. A random thing occurred. And so it is. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that's where I'm referring to in terms of the gentleness or the tenderness. Mm -hmm. Yes. It doesn't have to be anything. Mm-hmm. We've been talking a lot this week about this Japanese idea of wabi-sabi, of mm. embracing the imperfections. It's it's part of their tradition, actually, in parts of part in some of the art that comes out of Japan to have little imperfections in the art. Oh, yeah, little cracks or little. Um, to acknowledge that life is not perfect and that's actually part of the beauty of life is that it's not perfect and when we talk about perfection it just feels like such a judgment that we have an idea of how we want something to go and if it does not live up to that then you know it's a failure what is it it's just not what we wanted but 
these little imperfections is knocking during meditation, the barking of the dog during the recording. Mm-hmm. Um, I think re- remind us of our, like, it's just like, a, it feels to me almost like a humbling, humbling piece, mm-hmm. a piece to just to remember to stay in compassion with, with all of life. And um, it sounds to me like when you're working on helping women design their life that that this is an essential ingredient that maybe collectively we haven't allowed ourselves to acknowledge I think for women especially and men but I can only speak from my feminine point of view in this way um, getting it right and perfectionism and trying to cite step or hide from judgment that I have accepted the imprints from in my life is something I would just love to see healed to be reintegrated back into a greater whole experience that includes an abundance of tenderness and gentleness Mm. and awareness of the reality of life. Mm -hmm. I see too many women suffering in that way. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure men do as well. I love your message of gentleness also feels like walking lightly on the earth to me as I'm Mm -hmm. in the wild now so much so much (laughs) new lifestyle and just (laughs) the tenderness of the earth and the gentleness that she reflects back to me there's there's a harshness at times but but for for the most part it's gentle and slow and loving and that's 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 what she's teaching me in my journey right now um, is to like let things evolve in their way and in their seasons and trust, trust that deeper unfolding. Yeah. This is the end of part one with Andrea. And in part two, we go into the practice that she leads us through one of her uh guides to um, releasing or working through an emotion. I love this because for me, emotions come up all the time. And sometimes I even forget how to release them or I get so caught in my own head about something or keep processing an old trauma. It's good to have a reminder of how to get back and how to get through that. So let Andrea guide you uh, through that. Actually, the process reminded me of my own story of how I used Uh, this emotional release technique to move me through a really difficult decision and my life decision making was at one time a super difficult process for me and I learned to gain clarity by actually working with my emotions and it allowed a lot more clarity to come through so that's my prayer for you that you would have clarity and decisiveness and a sense of 
owning and your own emotions and being settled into who you are and accepting all of yourself with this and with all the processes that are part of this podcast. So you can go ahead into part two and make sure that you have some space and time to work with the process yourself. Okay, lots of love.